Welcome in. We are back for another edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Brown. Joined, you know, as always, especially when we're in our, this little bit of FCS season that we have right now, uh, Eric Eager. And, you know, pretty soon we're going to have draft props coming up. We got a little bit more win totals on the market as well. So, I don't know, Eric, I think we had a pretty good week last week of FCS action. We went 2-0. Uh, we got Presbyterian to the window, minus 2.5. A little bit unstable of a performance, but then we also had Villanova main 65 and a half point total. Um, we kind of got there at the end, a little bit of a late touchdown. Uh, they had, you know, a long drive in the third quarter, started at their one, went all the way down to the one, didn't end up scoring. So we maybe got a little bit lucky on that one, but it does feel good to be 2-0, Eric. So we'll see. Do we have any uh, plays coming up for this week? Yeah, that, that under in Villanova was a sweat. I, I was watching that. Uh, if you ever know, if you're in the pit of misery, um, you know, everybody else is enjoying Easter weekend and you're watching FCS on the TV. You know that you have a little bit of a problem. Um, but yeah, this week, I think there are some good ones, right? Let's start with with uh, Southeast Louisiana at Nickel State. We were talking about this just because the total stood out to us as being a little bit high. It was 70 and a half when we bet it. It's not 71, so we're, we're losing a little bit of value here. But Ben, you noticed that the weather at Nickel State is going to be a little bit rainy uh, this morning, Saturday morning. Um, it's probably going to clear up. But again, 71 with even a hint of bad weather, that's an auto bet under for me in in, in NCAA football anyway, but let alone FCS with the quarterback play uh, that we're getting out of these two teams. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on this. It is our first uh, total over 70 on the season. Basically, we're at 65 and a half, so it was the only other one. So I think that uh, the bookmakers maybe got a little bit out of line. It is interesting that the market has kind of moved against us a little bit, but yeah, I don't know if there's going to be any lingering rain when this game kicks off at 3 p.m. Eastern time, but I think that uh, 70 and a half point total is probably just a little bit too much. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, is there any... Uh, maybe a spread that you like at this point in time, Eric. I know we've talked a little bit about Jackson State, three and a half points uh, at home, 56-point total. Is there a spot in that game you might like? Yeah, I'd rather take under in that game. We've seen Jackson State. The only thing that Jackson State's been able to do over the past few weeks uh, is score fluky long touchdowns like we saw the one-handed catch uh, that our main account tweeted out. You had a couple defensive touchdowns a few weeks before. Like, if I'm going to bet a Jackson State game right now, I'm going to bet under. I think their defense is fine. Um, their offense simply can't move the football, and I know they've had some injuries on that side of the ball. If those guys come back, maybe not so much, but under 56, that's a high total for FCS where you see a lot of games in the 30s and 40s. So I would take under there for a, for a spread, and this one's changed in our direction finally. We got some Presbyterian plus 6.5 in a rematch against Davidson. That number's down to 4.5. I think... Four and a half. If you bet it at six and a half, you probably still want to bet it at four and a half. If you bet it, um, however, if it gets down to like let's say three, obviously leave it alone. But that's one where I do like Presbyterian, who there gave Davidson a game basically the whole time the last time they played, and now um, you know still catching uh, higher than a field goal here. So I kind of like that one, even though the number has moved drastically. Yeah, definitely. Doubling down on Presbyterian, I'm all on board with that. It is, you know, obviously they're running it back twice against Davidson. We did like Davidson uh, in their first match, but ended up covering. But I think, you know, we talked about this basically last week, but they did kind of extend out that lead uh, late in the fourth quarter. So I think Presbyterian's able, probably able to keep it a little bit closer. Um, I think I kind of want to talk about one more. We got Butler, Drake, 10 points uh, spread for Butler, home dog. I don't know. I was, you know, I kind of like Butler in the spot a little bit. They have had pretty decent EPA per play for offense. 
Um, not as great defensively, but they haven't really covered too much lately. Uh, basically been blowing out um, a couple weeks ago against, um, was it San Diego? Basically was like their last cover. So I don't know. I'm, I At first, when I first looked at this game, I kind of liked it a little bit more, but um, I'm not sure it's exactly, you know, the necessary spot that we're having success in for FCS at this point in time. So we'll see. I think- yeah, yeah. Butler, Butler again at home, you're getting a full 10. Uh, you know, we, we think we know a lot about FCS right now, but it's super right. unpredictable even with the games we've gotten. So, you know, it, there was one like last week, I remember, I, uh, I can't remember exactly, but you, you sort of bet the pregame, you get a you get a nice first half, and even if there's some noise, then you can come back over the top and lay the favorite. You know, if, if you see, you know, the favorite being clearly the better team, um, that might be a situation here. Butler at home again, playing in Indianapolis. So I like that one as well. So we got four there, Ben. Um, that that seems like a decent amount uh, for your Saturday. Of course, there are games on Sunday, unlike last week because it was Easter. There are going to be games on Sunday uh, this week as well. Yep, definitely. So I don't know. I Obviously, we went with two picks last week. worked out well for us. We're doubling down this week, uh, trying to run it back one more time. But I do think that we're going to get uh, maybe a pretty good feel for how this FCS season is going to break towards the end of the season. So I'm looking forward to it. But let's move on. Uh, I know a site you've been checking out quite a bit, symbol.app. Uh, it's kind of like this uh, interesting uh, you know, stock market portfolio setup that you can have for various teams. Not only NFL, there are MLB, NBA, other teams, but I know we're kind of focused on the NFL, and I think you've had a little bit of recent success on Symbol.app, Eric. What's kind of been your strategy? Uh, what sort of teams have you been targeting, basically, and kind of, you know, returned on that investment? Yeah, well, I, I know it's... Um... You know, I, they have a bad name, but it's sort of like for me, it's kind of like the Robin Hood, you know, for for sort of sports stocks, right? And so, um, for me, it's like, you know, it's a different marketplace. You look at, you know, win totals. You look at you know, Super Bowl Super Bowl odds. There's really not a way to invest long term in a team. So let's say, for example, I bought some shares uh, of the Sim Bengals because I think eventually. The Bengals will be a pretty good team and you get, you know, basically 50 cents for every dollar of the share that you have, um, you know, as a dividend uh, if they win a game. Now, I don't think the Bengals, I don't necessarily know if the Bengals are going to go over their win total this year. I certainly don't think they're going to win the AFC uh, North. I don't think that they're going to win the Super Bowl, you know, but at the same time, I do like them long term. So I want to invest in them here. Um, you know, f- you know, for the event they turn around. Same things true. I have some shares in the Broncos. Uh, you know, I think they're they're a quarterback away. And even if they get a quarterback this year, there's no guarantee that they'll compete in the AFC West. There's no guarantee that they'll win the AFC or anything like that. But they might, you know, trend upward, and then I can sell when everybody else likes them. Um, and obviously, you know, being a part of PFF, I have to have a couple shares. Uh, of the PFF Falcons, uh, or sorry, the Sim Falcons, uh, as I do. But yeah, I mean, over the course, and and look, and this is the other thing, Ben, that's really great. Um, I've invested in Symbol, um, you know, basically just in this offseason. There's been no games played, and so far my ROI has been over 23%. So, you know, that's another aspect of Symbol that I think, uh, you know, is really fun, is that even though there aren't any games playing, you can still bet on them. Yep, definitely. I mean... 23% 23% investment, it's no NFT return on investment, but it is still, you know, reliable return. You're getting the dividend as well. Uh, you can't beat that. I do agree with you. I think the strategy as far as like maybe buying into teams that could be a couple years away, I think you're going to see a little bit of boost in those markets on those teams like the Bengals. I would be buying, I am buying into the Jaguars just a little bit. That's kind of like my first little, uh, 
you know, sprinkle of action here on Symbol, but I'm looking forward to it. But I do think you kind of touched on an interesting point. We can kind of dive into it here. But the Broncos, a couple of these other teams maybe only are a quarterback away, and we are kind of turning our attention to the NFL draft. We've seen some interesting uh, prop markets continue to enter uh, throughout the week. We have both, you know, player position futures on FanDuel and DraftKings. We've seen Trey Lance, uh, you know, next team basically to draft him has been the Broncos at plus 300, part of that symbol action as well. Atlanta Falcons plus 400. Are you anticipating uh, we see a trade up for that fourth quarterback, Eric, um, at this point in time as the fourth pick in the draft? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at this and, you know, Mac Jones is minus 305 to be the third pick. Um, Justin Fields is an absolutely tremendous value um, in the event that the Niners do the unspeakable and take Mac Jones. Trading up for that fourth pick now has probably more value maybe than trading up for the fourth pick um, when the draft night happens. You know, it depends. I mean, obviously more information yields better outcomes. But like if you're the Falcons right now and they're a team that is, you know, they've made no – sort of like they made no secrets about this they're looking they're looking to do something with that pick you can offer denver let's say the opportunity to possibly choose between fields and lance right right um and and to me that makes the pick more valuable than than it would be um on draft night let's say if it goes the way we it's expected to go where it goes lawrence wilson fields then you're trading up for land specifically, probably, unless you like Mac Jones, but I don't think that that's really going to be the case. So we could see a trade, Ben, like relatively quickly just because of that extra. And it, and it's sort of the same thing if you were the 49ers when you traded for three. There's always a chance that the Jets could pass on Ma- on Zach Wilson and that pick right. could be more valuable. And so one of the reasons you would trade for it right now, but it, it really adds an interesting wrinkle to all of these things. Yeah, it is interesting how the dominoes have kind of fallen a little bit. We've seen, you know, some more of these play, basically markets kind of enter the draft prop um, spectrum. And I kind of, you know, I'm still buying into the fact that Mac Jones is not going as third overall. I think that is, you know, continuing to be the smokescreen idea. And you've touched on it, um, but I think if you're kind of setting up um, with the narrative that that is not actually happening, I do think the time to buy into some of these draft props is definitely now. So with that in mind, Eric, are there any that are kind of jumping out to you at either you know the position level or the player level for who you think is going to go over under at this point in time? Yeah, I know um, we haven't made that many bets this week. Um, you know, we're sitting quite pretty on a few of them. But the one, the one that I did take um, w- was over four and a half first round wide receivers i took that at minus 167 it's actually minus 162 so we get you know we are losing a little bit of value there but again if you if you think as i do that you're going to get the big three wide receivers and then bateman off the board probably around 20 then you really just need one of the next 13 picks or so to be you know, Terrace, Terrace Marshall, Marshall, Kadarius Tone, Kadarius Tony, Rondell um, Moore, you know, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. Like, there's a ton of, and Baltimore's, you know, that team that might end up being that fifth one. Um, I think the implied probability is far higher. Uh, you know, I, I think it's probably more like 75% that it's five wide receivers. So, you know, go ahead and grab yourself some of that. But, you know, when I look at, um, you know, draft positions right here, you're seeing some movement, right? Uh, Najee Harris was 30 and a half prior, you know, when, when these first opened, he's now 29 and a half. I would probably, 
you know, the, the case that you have to make for under there is Pittsburgh. There's a lot of people that think Pittsburgh is should get a running back, no questions asked. Um, does it have to be Najee Harris? I don't know. I My conscience can't pick under 29.5 for a running back just because, A, I, I just can't – I don't want to endorse that kind of behavior, but also, B, running back to me is like the noisiest market for who will go first, right? right. Last year it was – Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, long one shot year, favorite. Long shot favorite, I think, on the long shot, market as well. Like and like then last and a, Yeah, and then like a few years ago, there was like the Nick Chubb, and there was there was actually good running backs going in round two, but then it went Sony Michelle, uh Rashad right. Penny before then. And you're just like, you know, these teams they they kind of they like running backs, but they don't like uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily like the ones that we like. Um another one that that I'm a pretty big fan of, um, and this will be the case if you do get that trade. But I like over five and a half for Kyle Pitts' draft position, right. plus 101. If you see the four quarterbacks going in the first four picks and then you go Panay Sewell at five, then Pitts going over five and a half ends up being the play. And we've seen this in the in the marketplace here where you look at first, first non-quarterback taken. When we wrote the market implied mock, Pitts was the favorite at plus 125, Sewell was second at plus 180. They're now tied at plus 150. And I think that that's, again, sort of like if there's a trade, then it's going to be Sewell first. If there's a not a trade, then Pitts will go to Atlanta. I, I think that that's sort of the thought process there, which again, which then takes me to this Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase over six and a half at plus 108 might also have value. Yeah, that one's tough because it immediately jumped out at me and I kind of like the under, right? And I think the the price basically flipped in the last couple of days. It went from under six and a half minus one thirty four. I think it was uh, slightly more plus price up to plus one hundred five on that six and a half when it initially opened. So I was leaning towards the under at this point in time. But I think with the trade up for four quarterbacks, um, you know what we happen, what basically happens with the Bengals at five is going to come down to Jamar Chase or Panesu. I think some people think they might be in the market for Kyle Pitts. I don't necessarily buy into that. I think that's basically. Um, you know, going to be Chase or Panay Sewell. I don't really see anything else. So I think if I was choosing between the bets that you offered, I would definitely go over five and a half for Kyle, Pitt, Kyle Pitts plus 101. Um, I think that's definitely the spot that you um, is probably the most likely to happen in either the trade up scenario or um, Falcon Stain Pat. I don't, I don't know. I don't really see the Falcons actually uh, drafting Kyle Pitts at four. I don't know if that's a little bit of oversight on my part. But we'll see. I think I, if they I, stay, I, I feel I like believe, if they're same Pat, they are taking a quarterback. Is the line of thinking in that scenario, right? I, I will say, I will say that they are they're enamored with Pitts, right? That could be so. That would have you know, to be but, it, right? With the Hayden Hurst and everything else. So exactly. Um, the the one that's also been interesting to me. Um, I when we were writing the market implied mock Ben, I was like, I can't see Parsons going before New York. I can't. And he was minus 134 to be the first right. defensive player taken. Now he's tied with Patrick Sutan. And now his number's 11 and a half. That, to me, makes a lot more sense. I think Parsons going after, you know, let's say the first nine picks are all offensive players. Right. Maybe 10 is Sertan, 11 is Parsons. To me, that makes a lot more sense. Um, you know, the, the, the Gray Sean Slater thing is a little bit interesting in that now he um, is a favorite to go in the top 10. 
you know, I could see even more defensive players being pushed back is what I'm thinking, but the fit never made sense. There wasn't, and, and you know, to kind of get all the pegs to work, I looked at Carolina taking him at eight just so he would be in, because he was minus four or 500 or 700, I can't remember, to be a top 10 pick at the time. But now it's like, okay, well, Carolina can actually get some offensive weapons with that position at eight to go with Sam Darnold. And then you have, you know, some you know some defensive players going later. I think that is more congruent. So these markets might be getting a little sharper. Although you can't talk to me about the sharpness of the market again, while Mac Jones is still minus three hundred five to be the heavy the, heavy favorite, right? To just the heavy favorite. I mean, you know, George, I I might end up going to Indiana tomorrow to bet the fields thing just to get more down because it's like at some point, yeah. And George is like. This might be the first time George ever goes to Indiana in his life. He's just but lock like it the, in. <laughs> just to lock that bet in. But like to me, this seems like the and he was comparing it to like Biden, Trump, mm-hmm. you know, Mayweather, McGregor. But like I, I even think like this is this is even worse because he's a dog to go right. here. Um, you know, it might just you know, but maybe there's people that know something we don't know. I can't imagine Kyle Shanahan being silly enough to take Mac Jones after trading that kind of capital. Right. But uh, you know. Nothing surprises me anymore, um, including our Minnesota Wild being down seven to one to the Can't St. Louis Blues. Can't make it up. It is tough. I mean, that and that is kind of where we're at with the market, right? And the draft props in general is: Do you buy into the narrative that Mac Jones is going to go at three? And if you don't, you should be buying into all these other auxiliary things that are probably going to happen if Mac Jones does go to three. Because if he doesn't go at three, he's probably what dropping into you know the 10 range or something else we should see maybe another defense player come up i don't know i have one more question for you uh defensive position i think it was at 13 and a half players drafted i think that's an easy under with the first 10 picks basically nine picks all being offense we're gonna maybe have a late run at offensive tackle in the first round if we see a trade back into the first round for a team that wants to select god forbid a running back or quarterback I think that 13 and a half is going to be a really far stretch for uh, the defensive players to get over. So that's a, maybe my favorite draft prop bet at this point. Well, not only that, Ben, but it's changed. Like, it's 14 and a half now. Right. And it's right. minus so one. that's who against us too, right? Yeah. Yeah, since – so when we wrote the market implied mock, we had 19 and 13. So 19 offensive players, 13, and then right. it changed. And I think where it changed was cornerbacks went from a total of three and a half to four – and a half right but juice to under it was juice to over but i think linebacker edge you're also seeing some jane you know you're, you're seeing some you know uh players who i think are going to end up being possible first round picks but you know one of the things here is like there's not even there's a chance christian barmore doesn't even go in the first round there's a chance that you know you got guys like rousseau who aren't even in the first round and to me like you know if five quarterbacks go, and also now people are talking about Davis Mills in the back of the first round, it's absurd. Right. But like to me, that's where you go and you place a nice little bet on under fourteen and a half defenders and minus one twenty-five. I think I like that as well. Um, if you want to get on the train with us, I also oh, sorry I did I did bet this because it ended up becoming plus price. I took total offensive lineman six and a half over. One plus one eleven to me, I think that was a that's a fairly good shot. It was minus one fifty just a few days ago, so you're getting a better price than you would have gotten a couple days ago. Yeah, definitely. I like the over six and a half for the offensive offensive lineman as well. Um, I think we're gonna see the run on that, and I do kind of like where we're at in general with the market. Um, unfortunately, we have to wait what 
two, three more weeks basically at this point yeah. to have that first round of the draft come up. But uh, things are going to be changing. I think we're going to get a lot more uh, markets opening up to us. And uh, the PFF Daily Betting Podcast is going to be with you every step of the way. So we will be here. Make sure you check out the PFF uh, Draft Show that's going to be live talking about, you know, the latest player prop market we're going to have you know second day articles first day articles for some draft props which should be in the week of as well so make sure you tune into everything happening at pff.com uh from ben brown joined by eric eager i appreciate you guys listening